And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torresani. Courtney, thank you so much for being on Emotional Support. I'm so excited to talk about your company and how you got here. This is so exciting. Um, for those who are listening, I'm um, now 10 weeks postpartum. So that's where we are in this journey right now. Obviously, this is going to come out, you know, a couple weeks or months afterwards. But I just want everyone to know like where I am in my journey so then they can follow along or they can feel like maybe my emotions are different and my feelings are different and all of that whirlwind of event. Um, and if you hear my baby or the dogs, my apologies. That's just the life that I'm living right now. You do not have to apologize. Never have to apologize it at all. It happens. Well, Courtney, mm -hmm. I'm so excited that you are here right now. I, I, Your company reached out to me and I had not heard, imagine solutions technology, but I was so excited when I started reading up more about it and I went to the website and reading also all these like really cool testimonials. Um, I had so many questions, but do you want to kind of just like let us know how did you, you know, decide to start this company? What's your story behind, you know, prenatal, postnatal, you know, maternal mental health? What does that all mean to you? Well, um, I, I mean, so, so many things. Well, first, thank you so much for um, inviting me here and, oh um, you gosh, know, the opportunity course. to talk with you. Uh, before I start talking about me, I want to ask, how are you feeling and how are you doing? Because 10 weeks postpartum, that's a, that's a real thing. You know, thank you so much for asking. That's really sweet. Um, it is a total real thing. I am feeling great right now. I had some um, complications um, after the labor, after the delivery was beautiful and ready to go and I was stitched up and feeling good. Um, very graphic, but that's true. I actually started um, hemorrhaging and it got really bad where they thought I was gonna have to have a blood transfusion. They couldn't understand why I was hemorrhaging. This continued on, long story short, for about three weeks. Um, I had to have a hospital stint. They thought they would just give me a pill. It would be fine. And then I ended up having a DNC um, three weeks, mm. I believe, postpartum or three and a half weeks postpartum. And I think that the reason why I'm all like chipper and happy now is I wasn't able to hold my little girl for more than 10 minutes at a time without feeling super lightheaded and I would like go to sit up to change her and my mom would have to be there or my husband would have to be there because they didn't know if I was going to faint or not. And also people were not, and, and that's not fair to say people, but like I, I had so many doctors that were giving, you know, different messages to me of, you know, oh, this is normal or this is not normal. Come in. You know, there was so much going on that I didn't know am I supposed to be like living in a diaper for three weeks, like as myself, or is that just my daughter? So I think that I'm so happy now because now I finally feel like myself again. You know, obviously I'm not Alessandra Torsani, like pre-baby, but I'm feeling like myself where I'm getting up in the morning, I'm excited, I can make food, I can breastfeed her so well, and like I have just energy again. So yeah, so that was my long story short to, to how I'm feeling. <laughs> well, that's good. It's always important to check in. I mean, with the patient, you are the one that has been through so much. Everybody's right. always talking at this point, usually postpartum about the baby, but there's there's a lot to, to worry about about yeah. the patient that's been through all this. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, 
it's been a lot. And I think it's also, well, one of the things that I'll get into, you know, a little bit later is why I think that your app is so cool specifically because there were so many questions that I would have had that I didn't, you know, feel comfortable asking other than just the doctor or I would look up on Reddit, right? That always, and it helped me for my, for my mental health and pregnancy and help for physical help. Not really. Um, but there were so many things where I'm like, is this normal? And I kept Googling things and you would hear other women's testimonials and their stories, but you don't know, you know, is it really normal? Like what's, what's normal? Totally. I get it. I get it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, I'll circle back and answer your question. Um, but so I, I'm Courtney Williams. I'm a co-founder and CEO of Imagine Solutions Technology. And um, we are tackling the U.S. maternal health crisis with mm -hmm. remote patient monitoring for pregnancy care to improve outcomes. So um, what that really means is we have a patient app um, that is for maternal health. Mm -hmm. So this is a place where um, patients go and they log and track their pregnancy health from positive pregnancy tests all the way through their postpartum recovery. Um, and then we also have a provider portal um, where providers can see their patients' health trends in real time um, and be able to follow the, those pregnancy journeys so cool. um, so with, without the patient being in the office, right? right. Um, and then the third piece of this is also um, our VistaScan, which is a, an FDA-cleared handheld ultrasound we developed for providers to use during regular office visits. So instead of just hearing the fetal heartbeat at your prenatal appointments, this uh, VistaScan enables the provider in the same amount of time to be able to do a quick look ultrasound and give uh, more diagnostic information to the care team and to the patient. And I think that it's so important because, I mean, there, there was a quote and I and I took a picture of it because I was like, oh my God, wait, I have to say this on the podcast. So don't mind me. But, um, and like, this sounds like I'm like, I'm like, oh, I work for the app. This is not like the case at all. I just was like, this is exactly what I needed. And I was like, so upset that I didn't find it before because it was, it said, the app has eased my anxiety in between doctor appointments that my baby is healthy and active. My anxiety along with every other mom that I have interviewed on my podcast that I have met in person, that I have met virtually, you know, that is the key word I think is anxiety of the, oh my God, is the baby breathing? Like, you know, my baby didn't kick that much today. Is that okay? There are so many things that cause just strenuous, like anxiety that you can't even breathe most of the time. And it's weird because now like people will say to me all the time, like, oh, do you want to have another baby? And I'm like, whoa, like, let's calm down. But at the same time, I'm so anxiety ridden from holding my breath for 10 months of this pregnancy, just like praying and doing all the woo woo that I could to make sure that everything was healthy. And like every single doctor's appointment you go into, right, you're so nervous the ease that I would have if I knew before even going into the doctor's appointment, like, it's going to be okay. Like, this is normal. I don't have to wait six weeks to ask this question and have it ruminate in my brain over and over and over and over because that's truthfully a, a big reason as to why I don't think I would have another baby because I'm so scared to be pregnant again and have to go through those milestones of, of the anxiety and the stress. Yes. Yes, you are not alone by yeah. any means. Absolutely. The anxiety. So like we, so um, earlier this year, we participated in a program called National Science Foundation i -Corps. And so cool. we uh, got a grant to go interview um, hundred different pregnant patients and their providers in like a six week period. 
And so um, we wanted to learn about the the challenges for maternal health right now, um, you know, and also like during in general, like the kind of the height of the COVID period right. and see what the gaps like we thought we understood, but we didn't, we wanted to, to learn more. Yeah, of and course. Over over again, we learned the same thing, like what you just touched on, just the anxiety piece, like maternal mental health is such an area of concern for patients and their providers. And yet there are not a lot of um, tools or not a lot of like data driven ways to manage pregnancy right now no. that can help bring um, either comfort or can help bring um, information that can be helpful to act on. Right. Um, and so like that's kind of our thesis with this technology, like let's make pregnancy more data driven. Um, and hopefully by having more information that will bring down the stress level for people, especially first time pregnant people, um, folks that are, you know, older, like I was, um, you hear every time, like, oh, you're over 35, you know, you're old. Geriatric pregnancy. Yep. Yep. Love those real cute when they say that. Right. Yep. (laughs) Two favorite words. Don't want to ever hear together. Yes. (laughs) Now, why did you decide to start working with this company or, or come up with this idea? You know, did you have your own personal experience where you were feeling, obviously you were feeling the lack, but you know, what was your experience? So my first like a vision or like foray into um, maternal health actually was seeing my sister go through a really difficult and high risk pregnancy. Um, she was on bed rest. So she's my big sister. She's like, you know, former division one volleyball star. Like she's like the picture of health. Right. Right. And then to be told that she had to be on bed rest for months on end, um, to have a safe and, you know, healthy pregnancy, hopefully. Um, and which she did luckily, but the whole process opened my eyes into, well, so she's on bed rest. We've got patients on bed rest like her, that it's dangerous to get to the doctor yet you need to get to the doctor to find out if you're okay and your baby's okay. 100%. Like, you know, and so there felt like a huge disconnect there. Um, and I, I was really bothered by this and I did more research and, um, you know, I, I, I come from a background, a uh, business background. I, you know, worked in customer analytics, um, at the time and I, I was having trouble understand like why there were more technologies uh, to manage pregnancy, safer, right. um, in a safer manner. And so that's kind of what opened the box for me. And then, you know, as we started with our, our handheld ultrasound, we got that FDA cleared, you know, COVID hit. Um, I, then I had my pregnancy and I was like, oh, the missing piece here is really a patient piece. Right. And patients want to be a part of pregnancy, especially us and our generation. Mm-hmm. We expect to have more communication yep. and this, we're hoping that this technology will enable pregnant patients all over the world to be able to do this. So when you were pregnant yourself, were you writing down certain things that you felt were lacking in like the community and in, in, in like the technology world of what you would want, like for your own personal experience? Interesting, but no. So here's where the problem happened for me. It was also postpartum. Wow. And so I had my C-section and, um, you know, a couple days after coming home from the hospital, um, I started to, I started to feel things were off. Like my legs, instead of getting less swollen, were getting more swollen. My ankles were just blown up. I couldn't put shoes on. Um, it, I was really short of breath to be able to walk down the hallway. Right. Um, it was, I had a headache that was so bad. It would not go away. And I was like, huh, this doesn't seem right. Like it didn't, right. it didn't feel right. And so I wish I had been able to document those symptoms as they were cropping up, but lo and behold, I mean, if, if I had had the app that we have now, then I would have known that my blood pressure was getting too high and I was starting to experience preeclampsia and oh, wow. I would have gone to the Yeah. So, um, that's, that was sort of like the impetus for like, okay, there's, there's a communication piece here that we can open up. 
Um, because being able to document your symptoms and your vitals, like your blood pressure, your weight, your temperature, yeah. um, you know, if you're diabetic, like your blood glucose and be able to communicate those right away to your doctor without like, in my case, after I went through that experience and after I had recovered from preeclampsia, I still had to go into the doctor's office and have them do a blood pressure check, right. um, in those weeks postpartum. I'm like, this is like 35 minutes away from my house. Like yeah. I'm, I've got, you know, childcare, like you don't want to leave your baby after you just gave nope. birth. Like, no. you know what I mean? So having this kind of tool to be able to, to communicate that to your provider, like, so we can avoid office visits that maybe are not as necessary. Um, that helps also alleviate the, the stress of the provider. They don't need more patients coming in. They're overwhelmed. So. No. And you know, the other thing is, I think there's a few things like that's actually really cool about it too, as to why I'm like, oh man, I wish I, I would have, you know, jotted it down and, and had that with my provider. But, you know, postpartum, right? They kind of see you after six weeks and then it's like, peace out. Like, it's been fun. It's been real. Enjoy your life with your child. Like, hope it goes well. And I think that I I did not have a C-section. I had a vaginal birth. And I thought, oh, okay, great. Like, after this is done, like, I go in six weeks, signed, sealed, and delivered. Like, I'm not quite sure how it was for C-section. Like, if you go in a little bit more than that because you obviously have stitches and stuff like that. No. So I, but, but I was like, oh, for me, I'm like, oh, okay, it'll be easy. But when you're bleeding so much and, and all this stuff was happening to me, I would be like, I think it's normal. And my mom would be like, I never bled that much when I was with you, but I don't remember. And then my husband's like, no, this is terrifying. Like, this is really scary. And I'm like, you're just being a baby. Like you're overreacting. It's fine. But inside, right, you know that something is seriously wrong. But having to wait those weeks and then when you call and they're like, no, you're fine, you're fine. Because you know those providers must have, doctors must have people call every single day after postpartum being like something's wrong, like something's wrong. And they're like, nothing is wrong, honey, you're fine, you know? <laughs> and it's like, mm -hmm. you don't want to be the difficult patient and you don't want to be the needy one. And you're like, you know that they're kind of done with you, right? Once they they deliver your baby, you feel like chopped liver, really, you know? And you're like, well, that was it. Like, we're done. Um, and so I think that that's scary. And then I think another thing, you know, is is when you're going through your pregnancy, I know for me, I was really lucky because once I started talking about it more in the end of the second trimester, beginning of third trimester, that's when I was really um, being open about it in interviews, like not in the public, but I would interview people for future. Um, and being able to compare notes was really cool, you know, but I hadn't experienced that before and I wasn't writing things down as much as I would have liked to have written them down of physical symptoms. With my mental symptoms, I had to living with bipolar disorder, but the physical I didn't. And this would have been such a cool thing because it would have relieved that stress in between the doctor's offices. The other thing is like, I went to a specialist, right? You have to go to like a secondary specialist to make sure everything's okay. I don't know if you had to do that. I certainly had to do that. And I was a nervous wreck going into that one because it's like meeting a brand new doctor, trying to impress them and being like, I'm good, I'm, I'm healthy, I'm not smoking, I'm not drinking, like, not that I would do that anyways, but I mean, like you, you get so overly nervous, right. And uh, like self-aware where I don't think I would have been that stressed out and caused that much anxiety, which then causes anxiety and stress on your baby. 
Absolutely. Totally. Yes. Like over and over again, like actually I, I heard that from my provider. I don't know if, if, if you had those conversations with your provider, but it was like, um, and, and the people that are on our app now are like telling us this too. Like, you know, the hierarchy between patient and doctor is real and yeah. it is creating, and it's sort of, according to some of the expert OBs that we work with, it's sort of a relic of the past. Like we're trying, like OBs are trying to like move forward from that and have a more like, um, two-way dialogue system kind of, right. um, but the hierarchy in itself causes stress and it, it can, it makes patients sometimes feel rushed or that they don't have the forum to ask their questions. And, you know, it can make those seven or 15 minute office visits, which is all we get, right. Yep. Um, it can make that even more stressful. And of course there's always impact on the baby, which you're yep. absolutely right about that. I heard that over and over again from my provider, like don't stress, but when somebody tells you not to stress, you're going to stress, they want to stress more. Yeah, no, totally. I live with bipolar disorder and I actually got off my medication before I uh, tried to get pregnant. I got pregnant right away, which was wild to me. I was not expecting that. Um, And I'm currently breastfeeding, so I am not back on my medication yet, but I, you know, plan on getting back on once I finish. Um, And that was my own journey. That's not anyone else's. That's not a doctor recommendation. That's just what I did um, with my doctors. Um, But do you have a lot of women that are talking about their mental health in regards to medication and stuff on your app? Is that something that's, that's talked about? Yeah, definitely. I think the, the issue is sort of like, how, how can you quantify like mental health? Like, so that you can see trends uh, in Mm. yourself and, and determine like where, like where to pinpoint to your provider specifically, like where like help is needed. And so we, yeah, like this is definitely like an ongoing conversation, like in the them tech, which I don't like that word, but them tech industry. Um, and this is a conversation we're even having like in our own team as well. Like how can we provide better maternal mental health support, um, through pregnancy. And so the, the kind of like phase one approach of that is just is, is mood tracking. Um, and then obviously like being able to have a forum where you can text your provider on our app with quick questions and the provider then gets a ping and can respond back. Um, and so, the that but then that's that's not going to be enough obviously like long term like being able to like track like medications and things like that right important and understand um if there are interactions and like um what the indications are for pregnancy versus not um so i think right now like at least from our perspective like we're managing that through um better uh, better messaging capability with the provider um and i think in the future like having um i guess more data-driven way to to mental right. health through the pregnancy journey is where we want to go. Right. Um, but nobody's there yet. No. And I think that that's one of the hardest things that, you know, so many people that I've talked to that are in the tech world. Right. And even, you know, one of my best friends is a neuroscientist. And so he and I, you know, and he lives with bipolar disorder as well, but he's obviously not the one getting pregnant, but he, he knows so much about this. And he is like, unfortunately, there's a lack of research when it comes to pregnant women just in general, like forget about mental health, just in general, it's just a short, you know, period of time that they can do the research, finding women that are willing to do research while they have a baby inside them. Like there are so many factors that you kind of just have to do a risk assessment of yourself and like be like, what do I feel comfortable with and what's going to make me the the most settled and the healthiest for my baby kind of a situation, you know? Um, but I think that that's so important to, to have apps like yours where they are tracking the moods because there were so many times in my pregnancy 
where I had recognized the mania of bipolar disorder, but then also I'm like, oh, but wait, if I share this story, I have other people that are writing me and going, oh, no, no, I don't live with bipolar disorder. I'm pregnant. (laughs) You know, I'm just feeling this. You know, you are feeling all the hormones and all the emotions. Right after I gave birth, I was so I was so prepared to have postpartum depression because they, you know, will say like the percentage of those living with bipolar or mental health, you know, prior mental illness prior will have a higher percentage of of getting this. I don't know what it is. I'm not saying that because you can still get it after you finish breastfeeding. So I'm still breastfeeding. So at in this moment, I have not had postpartum depression. I've had signs of it. I've had, I've had, so I, I've had those dark thoughts in the first week, I would say, you know, where, and I, and from what I can tell, it's very, in quote, unquote, normal to feel like certain things that I was feeling, you know what I mean? The fear of like, oh my God, am I going to let go of the stroller? You know, am I going to drop the baby? Like certain things like that. Everyone's like, nope, that happens. There's baby, the baby blues, as they say, for some of it, you know, and then there's like the more extreme but I think I was so focused and so physically like completely just a disaster because I was bleeding so much that my mind couldn't even go to a darkness of postpartum depression. And I think that there's like kind of this like blessing in there in disguise that's that I don't know if that's what happened or not. But for me, that was like my my kind of it was like kind of the best thing that happened in that way, you know, because I was able to not focus on that. But I think that that's really scary for so many women. And I I have interviewed so many wonderful people that that work in the postpartum depression, specifically in that field, you know, that that have the resources and, and the websites and the communities and stuff. But let me tell you, it is a thin line of wondering, like, do I have postpartum depression? Are these thoughts normal? And I'm sure like something like your app could be able to identify of which is which is which. You know what I mean? And not like 100%, but you have the opportunity to talk to your provider like that, right? Because when those thoughts are going through your mind, they could happen at three in the morning and and you're like, well, can I just shoot a quick email to the provider and be like, is this okay? You know, because that's what's really scary. And that's when you feel so lonely. I would say in the first week of postpartum, Right. You're like alone with this baby and you're like, what is this alien that just came out? Like, And how do I take care of it? And how do I take care of me? And like, what do I do? Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I would mention also, like, I didn't know about this before. And this is, I think fairly new. I don't know the exact time from when it came out, but HRSA. So, um, the department of health and human services, uh-huh. they, folks have probably brought this up on, uh, to, you know, to your community before, um, they have a new maternal mental health hotline that anybody can call 24 seven. I did not and know it this. Is, yes. Yes. This is, it's a totally amazing resource. Um, it's, it's called the maternal mental health hotline. Um, and anybody is available to call. It doesn't matter if you're rural or urban, it doesn't matter where you're located. You know, since like 49% of us counties do not have a practice in OBGYN, um, this hopefully can help fill the gap, especially for maternal mental health. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's available for patients, uh, you know, prenatal care in their postpartum journey. Um, and so I would definitely like say to your, to your following, like that this is, I think that that's like one of the single best resources that has, that has come about that is reliable. And it's also not necessarily like, a, uh, 
tech solution. Um, right. because some of like the, um, like the mental health apps where you can talk to a therapist and stuff, there's still kind of, there's, there's an issue of like data harvesting that's going on there in the background. Whereas, oh, you know, like you call the government hotline and it's, when they say it's confidential, it's truly hundred percent confidential and you can talk to somebody and get help in crisis. Or even if you don't know if you're in crisis, like right then and there. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, how do you know if you're in crisis mode? And I think that that's that because, and that's what's so hard. And that's the, the, the whole story for an entire pregnancy and postpartum journey is like the, how do you know if you really need that extra bit of help? And mm -hmm. I think that that happens so often and people are afraid of doctors. I mean, I know that I certainly, I had a, a really tough time with doctors. I don't trust doctors. Like, because I had been screwed over so many times by certain doctors with my mental health, um, that really it takes me such a long time to just feel that like comfortability. And I think it's so rare. Long story short, my 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 OB passed away about three weeks before my delivery. Um, just suddenly he he, you know, he just passed like that out of nowhere. Um, unexpected. And he was just like God's gift to the world. Like he was the best thing in the entire world. Like love Dr. Jay Goldberg. I like, can't speak highly enough about him. Um, and it took me so long to create that, that relationship with him. Right. And you know, when you are, when you find that OB that you connect with, you are there, they're, they, they are your right hand. And he was someone that went the extra mile to constantly make light of a situation, always laughing, always making you feel like you're not crazy. Cause I think so many of these doctors and when he passed, I had about a week and a half, two weeks to, to figure out who my doctor was. Cause baby was coming in two weeks. Like that was when I, my, like, I think my 39 week, I think he passed at 37 weeks. I think that's when it was or 38 weeks pregnant, you know? And I was like, Oh my gosh. And I had trusted everyone at that center where I knew if someone had to deliver, you know, lady, it would have been okay. But I was like, oh, whoa. And what you do realize and what I realize now, having given birth, is the importance of the doctor pre-labor. I think that that's something that I love to just now shout to the rooftop since experiencing this is you really need to find someone who's going to listen to you, that's going to answer the questions and be there as a support system. Because when the baby comes, like your nurses are the most important. It's the it's your people that you bring with you. You know, the doctor's kind of just there just to like catch the baby. You know what I mean? Like be there in the emergency. You know, that's not the support system, but you need that support system throughout the whole time. And when I was interviewing other doctors, you know, I was really lucky with the two that I had found at the end, but the other ones were just not that, like, uh, I was someone that was like, I want to wait naturally until she comes. I don't want to be induced. And I was like, when she's ready, she's ready. Like, let's go from there. And there were so many doctors that were like, that's sweet, but like, that's not happening. You know, we're, we're, and I was like, but that's not respecting me. And then I felt like that insecure little kid again, that's like in first grade, like afraid to raise my hand and ask the question. You know, so there's so much of that that's going on. And, and so to be able to find a doctor or a group, or a center or a, a midwife that you connect with, I think is the most important thing for the whole journey. I think that's how you have to think of it is like, who's going to be there to answer the questions and, and, and be there for you, you know, and, and that's what's so awesome, you know, with, with 
the app. I think that that's so cool that you can be able to text the providers. Now, are these providers like is it everyone on the on a certain network so actually this this is the this is what we hope is all providers will be on the platform eventually cool um because that really opens up the the world to patients frankly but no this is this is actually just providers so hopefully when you sign up for the app your provider is already in you know is already in um you know ask like when you become pregnant start using the journey pregnancy app like ask your provider if they have the journey as well and then that's where you can set up that connection with your particular provider that's awesome your provider that you text with so yeah wow. um so that that's our hope we hope all providers will be on there but you know it's new um and so yeah. you know got to got to hopefully uh see if if everybody will 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 jump onto the platform what's something that was in your pregnancy journey that you you maybe learned or you discovered or someone had taught you that you really like stuck with you that you'd love to share with other moms like through your app? Oh boy. Lo- I mean, lots of different things. Um, well, one of the things um, that stuck out was just, you know, the, so there, there's so much to learn about your own biology as you're going through this. Like, how many like biological things are happening? Like I found really fascinating, you know, we didn't really necessarily get time to talk about that in our doctor's appointments at all. Right. And I'm like, oh wow. Okay. So for example, like foot size changes, like your foot can change, like, you know, or can expand like two to 10 millimeters. And that change is permanent. Like what? Like, why do people know it? I was like, not everyone's like, oh, your ankles are going to get swollen. I can't mm-hmm. wear any of my shoes again. Like this is yeah. bizarre. Yes. Yes. And potentially permanent and likely permanent. Like those types of things. Like, I didn't know it was like permanent, to- Courtney. Why are you telling me? Oh, okay. <laughs> Cats out of the bag. <laughs> May not be, maybe not for everybody, but like, you know, like I was like going through and like reading PubMed articles, you know, um, uh, and on, on NIH and stuff. And I, I think, um, one of the things about this is just like the, the interest in like our own biology and wanting to learn more. And, you know, I, so that's why we incorporated a pregnancy tip of the day. Like every day when you log in your health information, like also like get a pregnancy tip, like that's, you know, data-driven that's from a reliable source, like the NIH or like CDC or, you know, from peer-reviewed medical studies and journals, like to learn more about what you're going through and like learn more scientific information about pregnancy. So that was like the biggest thing that stuck with me. Like, I, I think we all love to know that, you know, you're 30 weeks pregnant and your baby's the size of a cantaloupe, like there's, or, you know, melon or whatever cabbage. I think it's, it's entertaining and it's fun. And there's, um, and you know, the fun element, right. But like, what is that doing for your maternal health? Like not much, like getting biological information, understanding, like, what's happening to your, your body, not just your fetus or your baby. Like, I think that that is helpful to people and maybe can also help reduce anxiety. When you know more, you, you totally. are empowered. Well, like something that happened to me is my hips like got so much wider, right? And they're like, and then I did belly binding afterwards because I was like, oh, I'm going to do this practice of belly binding. I don't know if you know what belly binding is, but it's basically like this old like process. It's It's so beautiful and I highly recommend to moms. But basically, they bind your whole stomach from your ribs. They do like a womb massage and they massage everything and, and they bind your stomach. Um, and it not it's not to like make it, um, it's not to make you skinnier. It's not to like snatch you back in place, but it's basically to hold your organs in place um, after the massage because no one talks about the fact that your organs and your hips and everything gets like, smushed in all over the place and then it doesn't get just back to normal and so a lot of people will just like do a waist trainer or just do like a like a you know um 
like a corset type top, but sometimes that's not great for your pelvic floor. And then your pelvic floor gets like completely messed up. Like for me, like I am totally open and honest. Like I, I have to have PT therapy, pelvic floor therapy all the time because I constantly am peeing my pants. Like I cannot, I, my incontinence is out of control and it's like super embarrassing and like, I can laugh about it, but it's like at the, at the end of the day, it's truly this thing that I was like, why is this not going away? You know? And why did no one tell me about this? And I had to find it out through the woman who was doing my belly binding. And, and, you know, then I went to my doctor and I was like, by the way, this is happening. Can you help me? Like, you know, why was that not talked about beforehand? Like you may have incontinence and you're going to need pelvic floor therapy. Something that that was not talked about. And it's not, I guess, my doctor's fault. But I mean, that should have been something that I think was top of the list. Like this is what happens. And most women have to go through this. Sorry you're experiencing that. And like, thank you for talking about it. Because like, it's just so, um, it's interesting. Just like coming back to like full circle in general, like macro view of women's health. There's so many women's health topics that like, society has somehow deemed um, taboo sure. and that it's not yeah. okay for us to talk about these things. And then like in the not okay to talk about, like we lose information and like knowledge of, you know, of the questions even that we need to ask. And so like by you talking about your experience, like that I think really helps other people. Like it kind of goes back to like, is this normal? Like, yeah. you know, I, am I the only one experiencing these things? Like, I guess I'll point to another example of something that happened to me that maybe happens to other people too. Like in um, experiencing preeclampsia, in my case, in the postpartum period, um, I learned that this that this increases my um, chance for heart disease eightfold, like eight times more likely to, to have issues of heart disease. Yeah, wow. and so like, yeah. So again, like that was like one of those things that didn't come up necessarily in my doctor's appointments, um, but I, you know, I was I was trying to learn about it myself, and then I. I hopefully tried to ask the right questions, but being in this field, I was a little bit more exposed to, you know, different right. conditions and things like that. Um, but, but yeah, I think everybody probably has this like aha experience that they're like, Oh, I didn't know this. And to maybe be able to coalesce a little bit more um, knowledge around that and the bringing down the taboo, I think is so important. I'm, I'm really glad that your podcast exists. I'm glad that you are so open and honest with, with your following about, about what it means. I feel like I'm a little too open if I have to be honest. <laughs> They're like, we no. don't want to hear about no. you peeing your pants, but, but it's, but it's like a thing. And, and, and other moms, mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I, I've been very lucky because I have a lot of moms that I'm actually really close friends with that all gave birth around the same time, which was really cool just by random chance. Um, but also meeting new moms, you know, they, it's embarrassing. And you're like, did this happen to you? And like, you're like, oh, you know. And I think that it's the same thing with mental health, right? It's like, it's always been taboo, right? So it's like, why not just like talk about it? It's not just the maternal mental health, it's maternal health in general. And I think that the more this conversation is is brought up, you know, it's, it's something that we can just bond over and not be, you know, thinking like, oh, is it just me? You know, because I just know there were a lot of moms that I would share my experience or they would share their experience. And I would go, oh my God, I thought I was just experiencing this. Like it's not, and I'm only 10 weeks postpartum. I'm not even like through it, you know? And according to, you know, science and doctors after six weeks, you're like, you're good to go. What, something that happened to me and maybe this, you can under, like maybe this is talked about on the app too, where I think a lot of women, another taboo subject is, you know, a lot of women write, I don't know if they're not open with their partners or whatnot, but there's the, the doctor literally said to me, 
two doctors said this to me. They were like, if you're not ready to have sex yet, you know, you can just let your partner know, you know, doctor's orders. And I'm like, it let my partner know that my doctor said this? Like, no, I'm going to say this. Oh, wow. There are so many people out there that just like don't respect their partners just giving birth to a human life form. Like that comes out like an alien, you know, and they're just like, no, but like, I need to satisfy my sexual needs first. Like this is happening. Like, and that was the concern of, of, you know, the, the having sex, like if you're not comfortable. This is terrifying that, that this is such calm. Like it was so common the way that the doctors, plural doctors said this to me. I was like, oh no, my husband's not going to be touching me unless I like, am okay with this. But it's something that like, obviously it happens enough where they're letting them know, like you can give it as doctor's orders. Like, is that talked about ever with the community on your app? Well, it should be talked about more. Um, I mean, a little bit, yes, but not enough. And I think here's like, like back to like broader conversation about like women's rights and like, you know, um, the, what, what we, what we can and can't talk about in society. I mean, the, the, the issue of um, like domestic partner violence, like, uh, or, you know, just not being, feeling safe at home or not, you know, nothing in a situation where you, um, that, that's conducive to like your like health, happiness and like mental health and emotional and physical well-being. Right. Like that is, that is something that like, I think more doctors are incorporating like the whole social determinants of health. Like, I think that that conversation is starting to like bubble up to the, the top more. But I I think that, the like yes we address that like in our in in our technology to a point but again like not enough and i think that um good doctors with like current medical training i think like the current medical guidance is to speak about this in these um prenatal care um appointments because there may not be another time where a doctor has this patient alone right and the patient is comfortable like that's one of the questions that they ask you like is are you safe at home like when you're getting your care if you're a patient and your doctor is not asking you if you are safe at home or you don't feel comfortable bringing up the fact that like you, um, you're uncomfortable getting pregnant again right away, or you don't feel like you have bodily autonomy or like you are just not in a safe place. Like the, the, one of the best people to bring that up with is your OB because the, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Like that's your, that's your women's health. That's like community yeah. health. That's your family's health. Like your family's health depends on your health as an, as, as a woman, as a, as a mom. And so absolutely. you got to bring it up with your doctor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because this was when, and, and when they said that I was like, oh, wow, this must be a concern or something that is, that is concerned with other women and, and households. And I was just, I was so overwhelmed. I was like, what? I was like, that, no, I don't need you to tell me. Thank you so much. Like, I got it. But I'm like, there must be so many women that are going through this. And then my heart was broken. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't stand this. Like, what can I do to help? What What if you wanted to have a kid right away? You know what I mean? And it's, then they're like, oh, it's not healthy. And I'm like, but why? You know, but then I didn't want to get into any of that because I was like, I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> like, I'm still so traumatized, you know. But, but that's another thing, right? Like, I experienced so much trauma that blood now triggers me, right? Like it, it makes me, every time I, I look down, you know, um, like in my diaper, you know, two weeks postpartum and there was blood, it made me go back to the traumatic birth. And I was like, oh, wow, this is what PTSD is. Like, that's fine. Like, ugh, you know, here we go. Like, let's just add this along, you know? And, and I'm lucky enough to have therapists and doctors that I can talk to, you know, you know, if I needed, 
but that's something right that's not readily available as well, you know? And then you also feel like on a lot of the apps um, for, for, for pregnancy and like the what to expect when you're expecting type of things, right? You know, they, they, they stop at 42 weeks, you know, some of them even stop at 40 weeks because they assume that you have your baby, you know, early if you want, you know? Um, and I think that that's scary too, right? Because then you feel like lost all over again and that little support that you had, it disappears. Um, so I really do appreciate that yours, you know, that you, you, you're thinking of not just the, the pre, you know, natal, you're thinking postnatal as well, like, and, and maternal mental health and, you know, the postpartum and all of it, like, it, it's just so important, you know, it just, it, it really is. And I just, I love what you're doing and I want to thank you so much for that. And I, I just can't wait for it to continue to grow. Is there anything else that you would like to share with, with the emotional support group, um, about, you know, about the journey pregnancy app or about the, the technology? Well, I will share that this is, um, so while we want to number of awards and grants, um, and you know, um, this is new and this is yeah. something that, um, we want to evolve as we all evolve, like as our society is evolving, as we're having better conversations about maternal health and like maternal mental health. Um, I, I guess what I would say to, um, all of your followers and your members of your community is like, like, please like try this out and give us feedback. Like yeah. we want, feedback. we want to actively as a community, like make this better for people that are going through a pregnancy journey. And so like, uh, this is, I, I don't subscribe to the, the thought that like technology is done, it's developed, it gets out there and, and then that's it. Right. I believe in an open conversation and making things better and like evolve and, and, um, developing something that ends up being the best tool because there has been a lot of feedback, um, and a community support around it. So I would say use it and then contact me. We're on social at imagine S tech, um, on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and all, we're also on LinkedIn too, under imagine solutions technology, like connect with us because like we are a small team behind this and we're open and we want to hear from you. So oh, I love uh, hear your experience. Yeah. And then I have to ask you, uh, you Courtney, uh, what is your emotional support? Well, so my emotional support is um, I've got uh, I'm, I'm so like I'm so fortunate like I've I've got a, an amazing uh, toddler now, um, and I I'm his emotional support, but in some cases he's my emotional support, and you know I've got a great partner um, a, who uh, brings uh, opens my eyes to so, you know, different worlds of knowledge that I didn't um, know before. Where you know he's from a different place and different culture than I am, and. Um, he is a great emotional support to me. I'm very grateful for him. And also um, I have a rescue dog who's like back down here uh, and she is my emotional support. She's a senior uh, golden retriever. We just uh, adopted this oh. weekend. And so, Oh my gosh, all... just this weekend. What is her name? Yeah, her name is Lulu. Lulu. Oh my God. Lulu. I love senior dogs so much. Yeah. So anyway, so Lulu um, is an amazing emotional support to us all. Hi, Lulu. Oh my God. This Lulu is, is an angel. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. So that's my emotional support. Oh my gosh. Well, Courtney, I can't thank you enough for, for contacting me. And, and I wish that this would have happened sooner. I, 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 I wish that I would have, you know, gotten a hold of you, but you know, I, I know you're going to help so many women out there with your app and just with your support and, and, the community. I think the more we can just share our stories and the more we talk about it openly, the grossness of it all and the truth of it all. I think it's just, 
it 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 warms my heart because I know there's so many women out there that have these questions that are just starting their pregnancy journey. Um, and you know, or those that are listening who have accomplished their pregnancy and their postpartum and may have an 18 year old at home now, you know, or a 35 year old who knows, um, but they can help others or their grandkids or whatnot, you know, or their children. And I think that it's just, it's never ending. I, I know that. So we're always making babies. And so I think that's what's so, so beautiful about this. So thank you so much, Courtney. I really appreciate it. Yeah.